At approximately 9 p.m., Marshall County Dispatch received a call about a two-vehicle accident with unknown injuries at U.S. 31 south of 13th Road at the railroad tracks. The accident involved a Chevy van and a semi-trailer hauling an empty fuel tanker. The southbound lanes of U.S. 31 were shut down while crash reconstruction of us uh, was uh, reconstruction was performed and EMS could safely evaluate the situation. It was determined that the semi-tractor hauling the fuel tanker had stopped at the railroad tracks, yielding to any possible trains. While the semi was yielding, at the tracks, a white Chevy van failed to change lanes and drove into the rear of the fuel tanker. The extent of the injuries of the driver of the white Chevy, 60-year-old Scott Crawl of Culver, uh, are, uh, were unknown and the Samaritan medical helicopter was requested to transport. The driver of the semi, Bart Bombback, 49, of Indianapolis, reported no injuries at the time of the crash. The Marshall County Sheriff's Department was assisted by Samaritan, Plymouth Fire, and EMS, Argus PD, and the Indiana State Police. So, uh, a, a gentleman failed, a, a Culver guy failed to realize yeah. that a semi was stopped. You know, and yeah. I'm sorry, in this day and age, and with technology... There should be some way, I don't know what, but that if there is going to be a train crossing the track, there should be, technology-wise, those flashers should come on and the arms should go down, not by a switch that the train rolls over and triggers it, but right. with technology. And maybe there's something that we could now get in semis. I mean, used to be they had... CBs or whatever, but there right. could maybe be, be a program, an app on their phone or something that would tell them there's a train coming on this track or something. Because I personally, it is an opinion show, and so my opinion is having a semi-stop on a, on a highway where people are driving 55, 65, 75 miles an hour, and you're booking along and... Maybe you're not familiar with the area, but obviously this was a Culver man. He should have been familiar with the area. And don't realize that there's, you know, a stopped or a very slowed after a semi stops. You know, it takes them a while to get back up to speed. Right. Um, usually they put their flashers on to let you know that, but not every single time. It's a dangerous situation. The same thing with a bus. You know, yeah. we have school buses have to stop at those things. And it's like, come on. I, it, it's dangerous. I uh, And obviously it wasn't the semi's fault. No, no. It is the driver who's being inattentive, but I, I don't know. I wonder about... I've always had mixed feelings about the law that you... Certain vehicles have to stop at railroad tracks. And, yes. And honestly, I'm going to give the driver um, I, I, if you're late at night you're not thinking about everything <laughs> it's easy to home, yeah. forget because it's easy to forget when it's the middle of the day yep, and you're, you're right. driving 
that these vehicles have to stop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't know about what they were taught when they were in driver's ed, but a lot of people don't take that anymore. True. So there may be laws that they don't know about. But, you know, that, that stop, because I had to do it in the small buses. Sure. The short buses, yeah. you mean. <laughs> small. Were you riding in that short bus? Politically <laughs> correct, the small buses. Okay. Um, but were you riding in that bus or no, were you driving? driving it. I, I, I used to drive them for, we would take those to games. But I thought maybe you were um, a passenger. Probably. I, At some several, time. Several yeah. times. You and the tennis team. Um, but uh, I, I, I get that it happened. Uh, you, you know, like I said, if you're not paying yeah. total attention and then boom, I recall, oh, he's got to stop. And I don't think you think of that until no, all don't. of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, they're they're stopped or they're slowed yeah. down because you, there was a railroad crossing. You there. don't yes. think of that until you see them stopped. Yeah. So and then what happens if there's a car in the passing lane that you're, I'm screwed. What happens if he Slam glanced the at the brain. radio just to change the station? Sure. I mean, you know, there are all oh, kinds yes. of factors that can come into it. And yeah. And like I said, I got mixed feelings. I get why a gasoline tanker has to stop at a. In order I, I to look and not be hit by a train. But at the same time, it's... it's I, I, I don't know. I just, I just have found myself in a similar situation, just trucking along and not thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, oh, crap! Yes. Uh, you know, yeah. because I forgot they got to stop at a, at a train stop. So, I don't know. I, it, it's... You know, just, and we have that one, and then we've got that one out on 30 by Walmart. Right. That's the you one know, that's the big problem. Right there. Those two yeah. are just in and, this county. And the thing about the one at Walmart is it's within, what, 100 yards of the stoplight? You know, so, the, that's the only fortunate thing is, because you have a stoplight on both ends of it, that traffic probably isn't is going the, as fast. Right. Because they may have stopped at stoplight and they're just starting up, but but at the yeah. same thing, you find yourself behind a semi at the yeah. stoplight, oh, yeah. and so as soon as that light, you know, and, yes. and yep. within a hundred yards, he's stopping again, and you you don't think about that, and I can see why it happens. You know, they they talked about at one point um, a few years ago, especially I believe after this bus crash out right. on thirty one about making these like passing blisters or whatever where those who have to stop would have there'd actually be a third lane over to the right and you they would go there so the right. two lanes of traffic would continue to go straight forward which in a way does to me make sense to yeah. do something like that I mean if you're going to keep the law the same way it is you got to figure out a way to at least <sighs> remind i guess is the best word drivers that this guy's got to stop or you need to slow like, down well no i was gonna say even like a a, a flashing light uh, on the highway you know warning you ahead of time Maybe but but it, it there's so there's so many you don't really right. pay attention yeah. um and it would just tell you that you know, there's a railroad crossing sign out there already that tells you there's a railroad crossing coming up. You don't pay any attention to it. You know, it, 
the only thing would be if you could make it flash when there was a semi stopped right. or you know slowed semi ahead or something like that. Yeah, Maybe the and warning. See, I've seen them in other states where there's a flasher when there's a train crossing. Yes, like they'll yes. they'll be train crossing coming up here, and you need to slow down. But um, yeah, I I don't know how you just de- delineate between buses and trucks and stuff like that that exactly. has to stop. And you know, I I understand why it happens, and I you know everybody's got to realize. What's the old saying? There but by the grace of God go I. I mean, you know, I, I could see myself making exactly the same mistake easily. Oh, cause I'm with you. I'll come up to those things and see, and I'm like, why is it? Oh, yeah, that's right. He has to stop by law. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this one screeching is on me. So, uh, yeah, I I can understand why it happens. And I I, I clearly don't have any answers to any questions, but. I don't know. I don't know what you can do other than just encourage people to be diligent and remember there are vehicles that are required to stop but, in know, a major highway at seventy miles an hour. I obviously, and I think there, I think there is something in the works for that crossing there specifically that is going to take that railroad crossing over kind the of, top yeah yes yeah so it's That's either good. the railroad's gonna go up or the yeah. road's gonna go up and yeah. the railroad's gonna go under something's gonna happen there but it's still gonna be a couple of years yeah um and you know we More should not be that is something that at least our state should be looking at is we do not want railroad crossings on major yeah. highways where tr- people are traveling 55, 65, 75 miles an hour. You know, we just don't want that. No. And it should be a priority to get rid of those situations. I would agree. but And, you know. and I, personally, though, and it's opinion, John, this is my opinion, that the, the state needs to work with the railroad and the railroad needs to work with the state. On avoiding those situations. You're talking about two of the most cooperative and helpful (laughs) organizations in the universe. Um, Yeah, I... And the other part of that is, even if you're going to put bridges over them or train... uh, Obviously, it's going to be a a car bridge. It's not going to move a railroad track up there, but... um, those are enormously costly, uh, so you're not going to see a lot of quick action on that because they're going to spend a lot of money to, to change those. And people, obviously, if there's potholes to fill, you don't need a train bridge. So uh, you know what I'm saying? Yep. It's going to be nobody's going to be happy with building it. But and I admit, I will admit this: when they made the uh, uh, Plymouth Goshen Trail. Across 30. Closed it. Yes. At that point. I was angry. Because you had to use it I had to every use day. It. Or and, you did. And, and I was angry because most of the accidents I saw in the media. guess we should have reported on other things. <laughs> but in the media um, were people who were out of town, were not familiar with that stop, mm-hmm. were the ones that were having trouble with it. And I get that. And I resented they closed it, but in the back of my head, every time I turned right and went an extra three miles around Plymouth, Indiana to come to work, 
um, one life has got to be worth it. It's, so you know, I yes. if if we call ourselves a pro-life society. <laughs> then those lives are important, too, even if they are from out of town and don't understand our ways. Um, so, you know, I, and I get it why people would not want to see changes in that way. But if you believe life is precious, then you got to at least accept the fact that maybe it's going to be inconvenient for you. And But I, in this case, I don't know what you do. I mean, I, I, I don't want them to stop stopping. Because I think it's kind of a nice safety thing, but you know, once again, I, I other than just encouraging people to be diligent, I don't know what you do. Now, the, I, I I don't know how you warn people, right? That, but but with technology, I feel like there should be a way to All warn right. people. Hang on, I'm gonna get on the intercom. You- <laughs> Jim, call Bob. We need some technology answers. All right, we should. Uh, <laughs> We should hear from Bob momentarily on exactly how we fix this. With I, technology. I mean, you can you, you have cars now that drive along, and will stop if you get too close to the car in front of you. Right, they'll they'll slow you down. So, could there not be some kind of I a, mean, a in signal the yeah. that there says? I think eventually we're going to slow you down because there's a train train here. Or they I, will I don't they know. will have that technology in cars. I think eventually, but you know, right now we don't. Well, I think we probably could actually. If you think about yeah. it, um, if somebody can hack your car and make you drive into a pole, <laughs> um, they ought to be able to hack your car and make you stop before Maybe. you hit a tanker truck. So I don't know. It, it's it's a it's for better minds than mine to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But you know, I totally understand why those things happen. Well, I do too, and I and I hope that. Mr. Crawl from Culver is, oh, is doing okay. Definitely. I believe they did airlift him from the scene. Although, you know, when you're involved okay. in a major incident anymore, you know they pretty much airlift you to a trauma center right, right away because of right. You know, well, and it saves a later ambulance ride mm-hmm. if it's really complicated. Exactly. So, uh, we are going to have guests in the studio in just a little bit. Do you want to? Oh, Eric Teal's going to be with us. And what's Eric We're going to be talking be? about the uh, uh, golf outing they have. I'm, I'm sure a lot of folks remember uh, Russ Teal left us oh, yeah. a number of years ago. And uh, uh, in his honor, uh, Eric and Brian and, and uh, Jeanette have uh, started a golf outing. They give away a scholarship in his name. So uh, they've got their golf outing coming up. We're going to be talking about that. I'm sure some other things will come up. I hope he remembers that he knows where a lot of bodies are buried and he can keep his mouth shut about that. But, you know, uh, yeah, he'll be with us a little bit later. Okay. Um, in the meantime, there is some local news I want to talk about. The first story I want to talk about is the Marshall County Board is zoning appeals. Um, I did listen to the meeting yesterday, um, and it actually was a meeting from last week. Uh, but uh, the Board of Zoning Appeals uh, heard the request for a variance of development standard by Mary and Joe Watson Sr. Uh, they live out at Lake of the Woods at A477 Chicago Street. They needed a variance to reduce the right-of-way setback for an existing gazebo they have on their property. And this actually came to light when a neighbor came forward and was seeking a variance. And 
uh, Ty Adley, the county plan director, went out to make the preparation for that first variance and realized uh, that gazebo sitting too close to the road. Um, and so went back, did some investigation and found that there was no variance granted for that. And so they were in to, to talk about the situation. And actually, uh, Mr. Watson said that, you know, he, he acquired the gazebo. It, it's a secondhand gazebo. Um, and the way that his yard is set up, there's a slope in his yard. So it was limited on space. Plus, he had to be concerned about the well, the yeah. distance from the well. Yeah. And he couldn't be over the septic or the leach field. I mean, had all these things. So he felt like this was the best place for it. And so he purchased it from, I think, some guy over around the Warsaw area, mm -hmm. brought it back, plopped it down in his yard, and thought he was good to go and didn't sure. realize. Um, and so uh, there was nobody that commented during the public hearing portion of this. And the those affected uh, neighbors would have been notified that right. this was coming up on the agenda. And, um, you know, basically he said, I put it here because of this. Um, and so they... They did mention that it doesn't block anybody's view of the lake. It doesn't block any uh, view of road travel or anything like that. So the Marshall County Board of Zoning and Appeals granted that variance unanimously for him. The second request they heard was from Jeremy Pennington. Um, and he is seeking a federal firearms license to sell guns and ammunition um, as a home business at 16... 412 Redwood Road near Culver. And basically, uh, he said he's been going through this process, applying for the federal license. And part of it is making sure that he is in a properly zoned area. So he had to go before the Board of Zoning Appeals and make sure that everything was okay. Which, it, it's a home-based business, so it's a... a an allowable right. business, but you have to get, you know, permission from the BZA. Um, so basically he told him that, he, you know, he would be sell ammunition and guns from his home. Um, he was asked by the board members about a shooting range and um, learned, I guess, that if by chance um, somebody came to his home and was interested in a, in a weapon, and he said, well, come on out here. I'll give it a try. That then is considered a commercial shooting range. And he would have to go by the standards for a commercial shooting range. If he wasn't selling and he went out in the backyard and started shooting, that's a private shooting range. And it has right. different standards in a commercial right. shooting range. Um, so that was – and he, he knows also that with this federal permit – that if there is a shooting range involved in the federal permit, there are more regulations that he has to go through. Um, so at that point, they opened it up for a public hearing. There were three neighbors who spoke in favor of the business. All of them are very close to the proximity of the property. Um, and, and basically, they were all very supportive of, of local business. Let's support a small local business instead of driving, you know, to the big box store or having to drive outside of the county to get ammunition and that kind of stuff, we're, we're all in favor of it. Um, there were five citizens with the several of them being in the very close proximity uh, of the home business that had concerns and their concerns included 
additional traffic for people going to buy ammunition or guns there, noise from a gun range. Um, obviously, the safety uh, with that goes along with the gun range for humans and livestock in that area. Um, property values, what the impact it would have on their property values, and the loss of peace in the neighborhood. Just you, go, you move right. out to the country, yeah. Yeah. you know, peace in the neighborhood. Um, so wouldn't it be nice if we could all just hug each other and have peace in the neighborhood? <laughs> so um, after those five people spoke, then Mr. Pennington had an opportunity to kind of do a rebuttal or answer their questions. Um, and the first one he said is that he would not have a commercial shooting range. That because of all, and, and the re- regulation, not only would for federal standards, right. but he has to, would have to come back to the Marshall County right. Board of Zoning Appeals and get permit to have a commercial oh. shooting range in that land. So, so I mean, it, it wasn't up for this meeting at all, um, but he said he would not have a commercial shooting range that and they said well what's me you know somebody well what makes a difference if you know somebody comes friend comes to his house to buy a gun and he says well come on let's go out in the backyard and shoot it and he goes if the feds got word about it i would be a felon right and i'm not going to jeopardize that you know for that um he also went on to say that basically he doesn't need hours of operation or he didn't want to have hours of operation because he basically is not open to the public. This would be for his friends, acquaintances that he knew. Um, he has some uh, police officers that were interested in buying ammunition. In fact, the Culver police chief is interested in acquiring sure. ammunition for his guys uh, from them. So he said, I'm not going to be like open, like, Monday through Friday from nine to five or anything like that. I'm not, I, I don't want the public coming to my house and, and being there. This so, would be. In other words, it's, it, this may be apples to pears, but um, he's basically starting an internet store for ammunition because it's going to be private order only. I mean, you know, I don't even know if it's kind of thing order only. It'd be private. Um, by appointment only um so people i i really feel like part of it is he wants to have have the ability to get ammunition at a better price than when he goes to the store to buy and if he's buying in bulk he gets a better price and then his friends will call up and say hey i need some kind of whatever sure bullets or slugs or um or hey i got this new gun and i can't find ammunition for it can you help me and he would find it and then He'd say, okay, well, come on out, you know, tomorrow night about 7.30 and it should be here. Um, you know, and he would get a delivery just like everybody else gets deliveries right now from FedEx, UPS, right. Amazon. So it you wouldn't know. be like a semi no, pulling in. No, it would yeah. be a, a small shipment that would, you know, sure. come. And it wouldn't yeah. come. It would come as he ordered it, not like. Right. He's not going to have a truck coming in every week. He's not going to have a warehouse full of bullets. Right. (laughs) He is going to have a concreted fireproof room where he will store that. It sounds like he's dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's on this Um, thing. And that room will not not be um, like open to the public. Sure. That is his 
private. Right. He will he will go in there and get the ammunition, and then the person will come to the door or whatever, or you know, and and they will make their exchange um, there. So you know, no signage, no regular business hours, uh, no advertising that he is doing this. It, a lot of it is just for his own personal use. Um, and then friends, families, and acquaintances, or, you know, we'll just say maybe his brother now has a friend that has a gun and, well, hey, can he get me some ammunition? Maybe get a better price than what you can the other place. So um, after some discussion, more discussion from the Board of Zoning Appeals, um, they approved um, the request clarifying that well, there will be no shooting range there that his hours of operation would only be from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. and it's by appointment only and that there would be no signage and it passed by a four to one vote so yeah i you know me i'm definitely not in any way whatsoever pro-gun <laughs> but if i were a neighbor i'd have no concerns about this at all i you know what I mean? He's you know, and that's the thing. Even the five neighbors, uh, at least four of the five neighbors who spoke in opposition to the request know him personally, right. have known him for years, like him, right. feel like he will run a good operation, oh, yeah. but just basically just didn't want the possibility of that commercial yeah. shooting range. And I get that, but there still is nothing to say that anybody can't go out and shoot on your own property in your own backyard mm -hmm. as long as you have proper equipment. You have right. something that the bullets are not going to go flying off your own property. One guy talked about, and I was like, you know, that there was some shooting and, and all of a sudden he saw three burrows coming out of the woods. And then... After the three burrows came walking out of the woods, came three little girls walking out of the woods. Well, then he went, you know, so he was... Burrows? Yeah. Like, that, yeah, that's what I... We got... I don't know. We got burrows. We get. We have burrows roaming around Wild Marshall burrows. County now. Is that, <laughs> yes. is that what we got? Wild yeah. burrows in Marshall County. Yeah, a little bit of Mexico right here <laughs> in Walkerton. We might call them donkeys around here. There's a, might be another name for them around I'm here. I'm sorry. I don't mean to... Jack something. <laughs> Jack? Yeah. I know Jack. <laughs> Somebody might say, your name is Jack something. Yeah, they might <laughs> use that term in my direction generally. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Marsh County Commissioners on Monday opened bids uh, for a demolition project that the Unsafe Building Board is going to do. Um, this is at 15910 Olive Trail, the Howard Shalacy property. Um, and the, the Unsafe Building Board has been working with Mr. Shalacy for several months now. Um, and it, he's just not progressing fast enough for them. And so they have they want to hire somebody to come. And um, this building has been determined to be unsafe, uninhabitable, right. and, and to get it torn down. Um, so there were two bids. One came from Langfelt Excavating here at Plymouth. The second one comes from Stower Excavating out of Elwood. And uh, Langfelt's bid was $18,800, um, while Stower's bid was $15,000. So they're the low bidder on it. Right. But 
while the commissioners opened the bid in their public meeting, um, those bids were then handed over and they will be transferred to Jeanette Sharisi, who is the attorney for the Unsafe Building Board. Um, and they will be meeting next Thursday at 9 o'clock in the second floor meeting room of the county building. At that point, the, the board, Unsafe Board, will review those bids and award that project um, to have that demolition done. Uh, Mr. Salashi was at the meeting and said that he is working with somebody. Um, he's hired a contractor that can come out and tear down the building, uh, but he doesn't want to do it until after uh, the crops are out of the field. So it would be in this right. later yeah. fall. And I don't think the board's going to wait that long. No. I think the board wants to have it done sooner rather than later. And so um, I, I'm pretty sure they'll move forward with it because that meeting is next Thursday at 9 a.m. I can't be there because I'll be here, um, but I will watch it afterwards oh, okay. um, and because it is done on the county's website. So you can see it live on the county's website. If you just Google up Marshall County, Indiana, um, you'll go to the Marshall County website page. You scroll down just a little bit on, on the right-hand side. There's a, it says like... A, Watch meetings, I think it says, and it's got kind of like a little TV screen. Yeah. And you click on there, and then you go down some more, and you'll see the meetings, all the county meetings that are listed there. And um, it'll tell you if it's live, and you can watch it. If it's done and over with, um, there's a little, like, camera, movie camera type thing. Um, and usually they drop down into a second frame so that all the recording ones are down below. But on that first day, it kind of hangs up there at the beginning where the meeting was. Right. Um, and you can click on that little camera, and then you can watch it at your convenience um, to see what happened at the meeting. Um, and that happens for the you know the commissioner's meeting, the council's meetings, the board of zoning opinion, the plan commission. Um, I'm trying to get them to do it for the county park board meeting. Um, I've asked them to do it for the alcohol beverage meeting. Uh, so that people can right. can see those too. Yeah. So. Well, you know, accessibility is such a huge. And, well, anymore since COVID, it's it's really changed, um, and it, it you know this has actually been good. I was a little nervous about it because like, well, why? Because now it's going to be there and people won't want to listen to the radio. Well, <laughs> people still don't have time to sit around and watch TV and watch a whole meeting. You know, they get the meat and potatoes of it here, and then if they yeah. want some more. Then they can go online and click and watch the sure. rest of it. But, yeah. yeah. So that's what's happening. All right. Why don't we take our first break of the morning? We've got a ton of stuff to give away. I mean, a ton of stuff. I don't know how we can competently give it away in the amount of time we have. But uh, we're going to start with this. I got four tickets to Holiday World. Uh, Splash and oh, Safari. That sounds like a good so, time. Well, it sure is. A weekend in Santa Claus? I can't think of anything better than that. No, you'll be too cold. Yeah, I'll be freezing <laughs> to death. Uh, along with that, before you go, maybe uh, for the weekend, you can stop at the Elks Lodge and have a complimentary dinner. Do you have their uh, uh, menu? Handy I do there. have their menu handy for well, tomorrow night. Yeah, They're having um, every Friday night special. They're all-you-can-eat fish. They are also having jumbo shrimp. This week, they are having a smoked pork chop, also a hamburger steak, and a combination of fish and shrimp. Those dinners are $13.95, and they include their salad bar, your choice of potato, and a dessert. 
They serve from 5 to 8 p.m. to the public on Friday evenings, and they do have carryouts available. So you can call 935-5511, place your order, and then stop in and pick it up and take it home and eat if you want. Or, or you could just be caller number six. There you go. Uh, 574-936-4096. If you've won anything from us or someone in your family in the last 30 days, please give somebody else a shot. But uh, 574-936-4096. What was the number again? Oh, four, four, zero, four zero nine, nine six. six. I'm old. Uh, caller number six. Number six. Going to get four tickets to Holiday World Splash and Safari and some Friday night dinner at the Elks Lodge. At Co-Alliance Propane, we treat our customers like neighbors because it's exactly what we are. Co-Alliance isn't some company across the country. We're across the county. We work, play, and live right here in Marshall County with programs like Summer Fill, Budget, and Fixed Price. You can choose the program that works best for you. Visit co-alliancepropane.com for more details, including 50 free gallon offers for new and existing customers. Co-Alliance propane seriously local are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal call apex waste large or small we'll take your call when you choose apex waste there's no long-term contracts no hidden fees and no taxes what we say is what you pay apex waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable friendly service call apex waste at 574-896-APEX that's 574-896-2739 or visit us online at apexwaste.net. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving, let me say it again. Seriously, put down your phone. That is so unsafe. If you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving, you could save money with Progressive Snapshot. But saving or not, just put it down. <clears throat> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Because it's Thursday, yeah, yeah. Because it's Thursday, yeah, yeah. Because it's Thursday, yeah, yeah. Because it's Thursday, yeah, yeah.
You're tuned in to What's Your Opinion on WTCA in Plymouth. Be part of the conversation by calling 574-936-4096 or text the show at 574-307-6647. And now here's Kathy and Rusty. Actually, we got uh, a bunch of us in here now. Uh, Michelle! Our winner! Winner! Winner fish dinner? They sure. have chicken too, though, don't they? Not tonight. Oh, not not tonight. Friday night. Not Friday night. Okay. That was last Friday. So, Michelle, you're going to Holiday World at some point, and you're also going to the Elks Lodge at some point. Have some dinner uh, and fun, Woo-hoo, I guess. Good so. deal. Anyway, uh, I don't. I don't quite know how to introduce this guy. Um, how long have I known you? Weren't you eight years old when we finally got acquainted or something like that? Younger. I, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's probably been 30, 32 years. Because I'll be 40 next year. So I have known that you, makes you feel young. I have known you longer than I've been married. How does that feel? Uh, I was there. Yeah, yeah, you were there. You were there. We got married at the ball field, so yeah, we had we had everybody there. Uh, Eric Teal joins us, um, and um, I know. Um, uh, I'll just start. Everybody knows your dad. Everybody, everybody had. Russ was one of those guys, um, and uh, I had him as a coach, which is kind of unique for me because then I coached you. So that was yep. kind of a. An interesting dynamic, um, yeah. and uh, he he passed away a few years ago, um, and you guys have started a scholarship in his name, correct? Correct. Yep. Um, tell us about that. Well, like you said, you know everybody everybody knew my dad. Uh, he had an impact on a lot of people, and probably more than we thought. Yeah. Um, especially after he passed away, and we started getting letters and private messages, we were like, "Wow, you know, it's really cool um, to hear all the stories and." And dad loved sports. He loved athletics. He coached everything, but he was passionate about track and field. Um, and so we, you know, my brother, mom, and I got together right away. And we're like, we got to do something. And the other thing he loved, maybe necessarily wasn't that great at, <laughs> was golf. <laughs> he loved golf, you know, and, and we thought it would be a lot of fun to start, you know, a golf outing. Right. But before that, um, we definitely wanted to start a scholarship for dad in his name um, for an athlete. Right. Dad always loved working with, with athletes, especially track athletes, boys or girls. But what he really loved was getting the best out of everybody, um, treating every kid the same. Um, and if you met my dad, you knew that that's what he was all about. Right. Um, if a kid, was, the best he was going to get was 12th place at conference, he wanted him to get 11th. Yeah. If he earned a point for the team, he made sure everybody knew it because they won by one point. That was the kid he talked about. Um, and that's why I loved my dad and why a lot of people did. So we wanted to do a scholarship for a male track athlete at the high school um, every spring. Um, and so far we've done two. The first one was last year. Uh, the second one was this year. Um, and it doesn't necessarily go to the track athlete that, you know, is – is the best track athlete right. or necessarily winning all the awards. We wanted a kid that was respected by his teammates, by his coaches, by his peers. Um, that was just a good, good teammate uh, to his, to his uh, teammates. And um, we feel like we've done a pretty good job of picking those kids. And, and uh, it's a $4,000 scholarship. It's a thousand dollars every year, uh, either for a four year school, if they want to go to a one year or two year technical institution. It's, they can use it for that as well. Um, and to be able to, f- to fund that, 
we thought this golf outing would be a would be a fantastic idea to do that and you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking, you know, I I don't even remember if I ever told him this, but he was, he was, I don't know, my dad has to rank up there a little bit, but he was the best coach I ever had. I had him for basketball. And the one thing I remember about him is exactly what you're talking about. The idea that he pushed everybody to work harder than they thought they could. It had nothing to do with talent or winning. He was mm-hmm. pushing everybody to Take another step. Push yourself a little further. Do that That next thing. Outwork everybody yeah. was, was his mantra every day. Outwork the other guy. And uh, uh, that's interesting you brought that up because that's the thing I remember about your dad, too. Yeah. Um, but was, he was that way with it. And he did treat everybody exactly the same. Including me and my brother. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I believe that. So how long was he head track coach here? He started, so he started teaching in 74 I'm pretty sure about that. Um, I know he started coaching track right away. Yeah. But at that time, he was the he became the head girls basketball coach oh, yeah, for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, he was the freshman basketball coach yeah, with Sam Goble. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know well, that. He was his own. He coached me. He was the only guy. He was the only guy. He had yep. the whole thing by himself. He did that. Um, you know, he did. He coached a lot of different things, and yeah. then over the years, he he continued to be the track coach, but. At some point, I want to say in the 90s, he started coaching junior high basketball. Right. Sixth grade for a couple of years, then it was seventh grade for a long time. That's where a lot of kids remember my dad from. Right. Um, and then he was the head track coach until, I want to say, 99 or 2000. So he could, what he says is, watch me play baseball more often in the spring. <laughs> um, and my brother graduated in 99, so he wanted to make sure he coached my brother through high school, which was right. really cool. And then after I graduated high school, he went back and, and started helping as an assistant. And he, he did that until two years ago when, you know, when he passed away. He and I, I remember um, the, the thing I do remember. Um, how do I not remember the high jumper? Nate. Nate. Mm-hmm. Um, how much he did for him. And your dad yeah. was not a field event guy. He was, no. he was a runner. Uh, he was. And I know Nate gave him enormous amount of credit for, for what he was able to accomplish. He's state champion, national champion. I mean, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, Nate, Nate, Nate's a great kid. Yeah. Uh, that was really cool that my dad got to experience an athlete like that. And, um, you know, my dad, his specialty was, you know, distance and mid-distance. But he had a way of, of being able to coach really any, any position, shot put, discus, because he just knew more it was mental. Right. 90% of sports is mental. And my right. dad knew how to talk to athletes, talk to Nate or anybody in any sport. I mean, crap, it could be volleyball. Right, yeah. But he just knew what to tell them, how to get better, what what you should, what your mindset should be, and just do it. You know you can do it. You've got the ability. Just do it. Get it yeah. done. And I, he, he was, you know, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Technique and little things like that. Yeah, he, he knew a lot. Um, but... It was the he knew how to get in your mind. He knew he knew how to motivate you. Sometimes growing up, it wasn't the easiest to live with, but but um, yeah, he just knew how to talk to you and get you motivated. I and I I know I mentioned this in the article I wrote, um, mm-hmm. um, but this the the one thing that is burned in my memory from uh, playing for him during Thanksgiving week in basketball. Uh, we obviously you have the break you take thanksgiving day off but then you got days when just devoted to practice and i i 
we didn't have basketball on the floor for the whole week. There was not. So you know what we were doing. And the joke was, he's the track coach. He's forgot what season it is. I mean, we <laughs> I have never run that much in my life. Yeah. And I will never forget what he said when we finally got the basketballs out again. He says, okay, one of these days you're going to thank me. Because when you're in a close basketball game and somebody gets fouled and you're shooting a free throw and you're standing there standing straight up, you're not even breathing hard, <laughs> and the other guys on the other team, they're bent over sucking air, you have no idea how much of an advantage that is because they know they're in desperate trouble. Yep. And all of that was preparation for that one moment when you needed an extra push to be the winner. And... I have never forgotten that in yeah. my entire life is the fact that you pay the price early and you get the dividends later, but being better prepared than that other guy is all there is in the world. And he, he taught me that, yeah. um, which once again, that is, the, I will never forget when he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, I digress. <laughs> um, so you, uh, Brian and Jeanette have decided to, uh, uh, do this for him. Um, mm-hmm. How did it go the first time? I mean, you, you said you had a lot of teams. Yeah, uh, last year. So we, you know, after Dad passed away, we had a we started a memorial fund uh, for a scholarship and generous giving in the community and other people. We were able to to hand out that first um, scholarship right. last year, spring of 2021. Um, but we had already had planned th- this golf outing after that first scholarship that we handed out. And we worked with. Uh, Chad Hutzel and Ryan Steele out at Swan Lake, where I've I've worked before. Yeah. Uh, my wife Wendy worked out there. My mom worked out there. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming my brother probably at some point. And, you know, my dad at some point was a starter, so we had pretty close connections with Swan Lake. Um, they're great, and they obviously wanted to work with us. And so we started talking to them, and then we had it. We, we to figure out a date. We thought, you know, my dad loved the Blueberry Festival, and not a lot of people know this, but he was one of the people that helped set up that course and if you know how much that 15k stinks oh, to yeah, run yeah now you know why <laughs> because my dad was one of the reasons anybody run up and down those anybody hills. who played for him really understands that yeah yeah um so the blueberry festival was special for our family and for my dad and we know that a lot of people come back and are here in town so we thought it'd be a really good idea to, to take that friday of, of the blueberry it's an easy date to remember it's always the friday of the blueberry weekend and that's when we're having a dad's golf outing in the uh, the festival. The committee was kind enough to let us put dad's information in there as well. So it's always going to be in the, the Blueberry Bulletin and handout. And uh, so, yeah. So last year we had 24 teams, first year, um, which was awesome. Yeah, Got to see a lot of people that we haven't seen for a while. People who coach with my dad, taught with my dad, um, athletes, um, even even people that didn't really know dad that just, you know, saw the story. And wanted to play in the outing, which is really awesome. They came up to us and told us how much fun they had. So, um, yeah, we're definitely doing it again. It's it's Friday, September second. Like I said, a Blueberry Weekend. Um, and this is at Swan Lake. Yep, it yeah. is at Swan Lake. Um, now I'm assuming that you're obviously after teams, mm-hmm. um, but I'm I'm assuming that sponsorships as well. Yeah, yeah. We we had a lot of sponsors last year, which was great, um, which helps you know with everything. We had a we had a drink sponsor. Um, we had a whole sponsor with Oliver Ford. Um, just a you know that that definitely helps out a lot. Um, and if if you're out there and you're 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 a business, um, you're a sole proprietor, and you want to get your name out there, this is a great opportunity, especially during that weekend. 
Um, and you're help, and like I said, you're helping a, you know, a great cause to help an athlete, um, go on to college, but the sponsorship levels, we, you know, we named them according to what we thought would, would go along with dad in the, <laughs> in the track. So the, the first sponsorship level is, is the legend sponsorship. That's the highest one. That's $800. Um, you know, that gets you entry into the, the Rust Hill Memorial Golf Outing. Um, you get your, your name on the big banner that we have when you show up. Um, it gives you a whole sponsor, and you get a really large plaque uh, that we hand out to the businesses. Because growing up, you know, going to Ponderosa that yeah. used to be here, yeah. you'd see the plaques. See and the plaques. it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, for a, for a business to, to be supportive of local, you know, charities and things like that, you go into the business, you see that plaque. And they're really nice wooden wood plaques that we wanted to give to the businesses, and we did that. So you get that as well. And then the second one is the Hall of Fame sponsorship for six hundred. Um, again, you get into the Rust Hill Memorial Golf Outing, and you get you get some other things as well. Um, then we have the the three hundred dollar one, the All American, and then the All State sponsorship, which is one hundred fifty bucks, and that's a whole sponsor. Um, so yeah, and then if you just want to put a team in, um, it's four hundred dollars per team, hundred dollars per person. That gets you, you know, a couple couple drinks for free. Gives you lunch. Um, there's prizes. We pay out first, second, and third. We have a skins. Um, and it's just a, it's a really good value. It's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, you know, there's little things that my dad liked about golf that we incorporated. Like you get on on the actual sign, you can see it says you get two off the first tee. So I think that was my dad's way of always getting a free mulligan to start the round. But I've played in a lot of outings, and I've never had heard of that, and I thought that would just be a really cool way to start off yeah. the golf outing. Everybody gets two off the first, and it was just a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we all need mulligans. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know you are talking about me coming out. I, You know, i I got to be honest with you. I have not played golf since my son Nathan was born. Yeah. Holy moly. Uh, no, it was the actually he was supposed to be born on my birthday and Maggie was not having any signs that she was going to have a child on my birthday. So we went out and golfing hoping that that would yeah. encourage Nate to uh, be born. <laughs> yeah. uh, it didn't. But that was the last time I had a golf club in my hand. It's 23 years ago, 24 years ago. Well, you're ready to go. You got yeah. no bad habits. No, I you haven't. You know, that's well, what people yeah, they go do. too much. The bad habit is what happens in the cart when I'm I'm out on the. <laughs> you get out there with your boys. They'll they'll carry you. They'll have they'll, to carry me by the yeah, end of that. Yep. Uh, but anybody, four hundred dollars is not hundred dollars a person. That's pretty good. And and when you consider where that's going, yeah, I mean it's going to help somebody get an education. Which you know that that's. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really believe you guys have hit it. I think that's this is exactly what he would have wanted. Yeah, uh, as I appreciate that. To, to help other – it's what he did. Mm -hmm. um, so 24 teams, how much room do you have? How many teams can you have? We can have up to, I believe, 30 teams. Okay. Um, and last year we had 24, and we played it in four hours and 15 minutes. I mean, Chad and Ryan, they know what well, they're doing. Quick. It was quick. Um you know, and then you can hang out afterwards. There's, you, there's, I think, deals over at the restaurant. Um, and a lot of people just, just hung out. And, you know, if you win, you get a medal. You get a really nice medal that my mom will put around your neck, you know, because that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, track and field. You got to yeah. have that. Um, it's just really cool. You know, it was just a lot of fun. Um, and like I said, we're going to actually have, um, I apologize, I didn't even say it. Grant. Grant Kern was the winner this year. Right. Grant's going to Western Michigan. He's going to get into the, I believe it's airport management, which is really cool. I mean, they didn't have degree options like that 20 years ago when I went to college, you know. 
You but, probably um, would have jumped on that. Oh, oh yeah. I knew man. Yeah, but but he he's actually I think his dad and him they're gonna play in it. And he's gonna come and actually talk before the round. Wow. Talk about what he's doing. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Yeah. To have that, but people can can see what they're contributing to. Right. They'll see Grant. They'll see how it's affecting him. How it's helping him reach his goals in life, which is what my dad did for kids. But right. That that's going to be really cool, really strong to be able because I've played in a lot of outings, a lot of really cool outings to help, but I've never seen the actual thing that it's helping the person. Um, so we thought that'd be a really cool thing to have Grant out there and, and speak just for a little bit, which he will. Now, so. tell me about the process of picking somebody too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned earlier yeah. kind of the criteria, yep. but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a process that people go through. Yeah, the um, any kid who's ran track for two years that's a senior. Um, can fill out the application. I think we had eight this year. Is this just Plymouth or is it just Plymouth? Just, just Plymouth. Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And uh, they get the information, I think, with all the other scholarships, I think maybe early March, um, okay. maybe into February. Yeah. And so we, we uh, you know, our family, my mom, my brother and I, we get those applications and we look at them. And, uh, you know, the last two years, we have individually chosen who we like and we've all picked the same person without talking to each other really which has been which has been really cool um and then there's a board with the school the um, athletic director the principal a counselor and then the track coach we kind of get with them and say hey this is who we're thinking and they've been really really great easy to work with super supportive of our decisions and you know that that's kind of how the process works um we want every kid to fill it out you know we want to have to look at 30 of them but um you know, it's been great to see the kids that have filled those out um, to get the recommendations that they get from other people in the community that talk about them, and and it's it's just really cool. So, is there a GPA or public service requirement, or I mean, what what are you looking for in that way? You know, GPA has a little bit to do with it, but if you knew me and my dad, <laughs> you know, C, C's get degrees, and you know, my dad was told out of high school that he wasn't smart enough to go to college. Okay. He went, to, he went yeah. to Ball State, and after his first semester, got straight A's, went back and threw that down on the counselor's <laughs> desk. And I'm sure you know what else he said, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, sure. he never told me. But um, he went on to graduate. He ran track. He went on to get his master's degree. So it is it is on there, but it's not the, the one thing that we're looking at. Right. Um, we want to see just a work ethic, um, not a me mentality, but a but talking about his team, their teammates. Um, what their plans are for the future, how this scholarship is going to help them reach those goals. And that's kind of what we look at. And, um, you know, this past year we had, you know, we had a couple and they got um, letters of recommendation from people in the community, um, which is awesome to see what other people are seeing from these young men. Um, So that's great to see too. So things like that um, are what we look at. Um, And, so far, every kid's had a really good GPA, but well, <laughs> not that, you know, but uh, these kids are, I mean, they're, they're working really hard in right. school and, and in athletics. It's really good to see. So, well, once yeah. again, hard work. Yeah. That's what it's about. That is what it's about. Um, yeah. th- I, I, I was just thinking, you never played for your dad, did you? Twice. Oh, really? Okay. I, um, when I was in B League, before I played travel, I, um, when I was 11, I, back then, I don't, you know, know, but somehow he was a coach. I'm guessing they didn't have enough coaches. Do you know how busy he was? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, so he was my baseball coach. I have vague memories of being on the mountain and getting yelled at, but, you know, it's okay. 
and then the next time was seventh grade basketball. Oh, you um, had him in, in basketball. Yeah. yeah, and I can tell you, and you know this because yeah. you've got a bunch of kids. I'm I'm coaching now, just little, you know, right? Just helping with my kids, and the respect that I have. Not that I didn't have respect for my dad and my mom, right. my mom. Yeah. But now, I don't know how he did what he did everything, because he also was a driver's ed teacher. Damn. He coached all these other sports. He coached my sports. He's co- coached my brother's sports, and he was at everything. Yeah. He was at everything. Yeah. And but he, I bet you didn't know he was there. Was, most he, sometimes I didn't, but yeah. but you know I would seventh grade football. I'd turn around and. Or eighth grade and he had track me at concord and exactly. it's the fourth quarter i turn around he's standing right there yeah. on the 50 yard line watching me yeah. i go home you know and i co- i coach one game a week and i get i'm, I'm on the I'm, t- I'm exhausted <laughs> i never saw my dad sitting around he went 100 miles an hour I know. but he never took that home and like got on me about little things sure. he never did that and i know you told me one time he let you coach me yeah. you know he the fact that he yeah. trusted me meant a lot to me. Yeah. Because I knew his experience level and what mm-hmm. he knew. And, you yeah. know, you look at those guys that taught you how to be a coach. And the fact that he allowed me to, without yeah. interfering at all, allowed me to. And yeah. I'm sure there were a few times where he raised an eyebrow and said, I don't know what's he going never, on here. He never <laughs> once. And I got to tell, tell people in a second. But he never once told me anything different than what you told me. He never changed anything. He trusted you. And, you know, now that I'm coaching and I, it's people, men and women, they have a really hard time with letting you coach their right. kids. It's tough. Yeah. Even me, sometimes yeah. I want to say something, but it's tough. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, you talking about my dad, I can say the same thing about you. You know, I, I really appreciate how you handled, you know, how you coached. And I can tell you for a fact, you were the best baseball coach i ever had pitching and you know i played high college i played professionally for two years was an all-star but i never had a coach that taught me how you did you're the only reason that i made it as far as i did in baseball so well i I gotta throw some respect your way rusty i appreciate that i don't know how i'm gonna continue this i want to go you know be shy in the corner and say oh shucks but uh, Mm -hmm. but i i do remember he questioned me one time one time he did question me. He came to me, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, back in the day, we, you guys all had to throw every night. Uh, that was my thing. Everybody, we're gonna. It, it's like the Braves were doing that. I guess it's probably okay for us. It's mm-hmm. like a runner. You got to be in shape. Yeah. You can't do that without working out. So, yeah. and I remember we spent a lot of time talking in the bullpen. Probably more time than throwing baseballs. I mean, all you guys, we'd, we'd sit around and talk. Oh, yeah. And I remember one time after practice, he's there. I was picking you up or something, and, and he says, what do you guys talk about down there? And I just looked at him and said, you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, you yeah. know, and he kind of laughs. He knew what I was saying. I mean, you guys needed somebody to talk to about things outside oh, yeah. of baseball that were bugging you. And yeah. I said, that's what I do. I said, you know, I... I said, I don't need a, any equipment or mounds. or anything. I need a couch. I'm yeah. a psychiatrist. That's yeah. all I am out there. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he, he knew what I was talking about exactly. And uh, uh, that was the only time he ever questioned me. Said, what yeah. are you guys talking about out there? But <laughs> what I didn't – you might not even have realized this too, or maybe you did because you're smart. Um, <laughs> you were building camaraderie 
and yeah. trust. And the, I can't think of any other time. You know, after high school, I had a, it was tough. College was tough for me. Oh, yeah. Especially baseball. Because um, I was so used to how I had been coached. The camaraderie. Right. The, the friendships, the trust, and all of that. And I saw, if you don't have that in sport, it's, it's hard to yeah. win. It's yeah. hard to be successful. Um, and it is so important to, to talk to people, to talk to kids. For you, you were building a relationship with me and the other guys. My dad, that's how my dad lived. He just exactly. lived on relationships. Yeah. He, like, I don't know how he did it, but he remembered everybody's names. Yeah. Even up to a couple of years ago, he'd go to Coffee Lodge. He knew everybody. He just wanted to talk to everybody. <laughs> But, like, in, in him doing that, that is one of the reasons I believe he was such a good coach. Because he was honest. He, was, he put himself at the same level, yeah. even of these high school kids. So they respected my dad for that. And that's why I respected you. I respected your dad. Your dad was tough. But it was the same way. Tough yeah. love. And you respected that person, so you wanted to play hard for that person. You know, and it's not easy to find that. Your dad was similar in that way to my dad, and the fact that he wasn't going to let you off the hook. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and he wouldn't get on. The thing that I always and I remember telling you guys is because you, why is he, why is he, why is the bulldog yelling at me? Well, because he sees something in you. Yep. And that was something that your dad did. He sees something in you. He's going to push mm -hmm. you harder to get to that point. Yeah. But you mentioned earlier communication. I mean, you know, he could coach anything because he could communicate with people. He could he could get through to them in that at that level and you know, he could have coached chess and and been okay because he would have learned what he needed to know and then been able to tell people what he had learned. Yeah. Um now, I want to go back. Did you ever have him in the classroom? No, I specifically made sure that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> See, I never had my dad either. And all yeah. I ever, so do you have the same stories? I mean, people come up to me now on the street. Hey, I had your dad in class. My first reaction is, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, so I, I did, did you get all the stories too? Yeah, I got some. It's funny because I love it because he was a teacher and he was a really good teacher. He teach world history the whole time he was a teacher. And then he would do health. He did health here and there. Right. But I have friends that come up and they're like, dude, we loved your dad as a teacher. Yeah. That's cool to hear. I never took it because I knew he'd fail me if he could. <laughs> and I knew it was a tough class. And so, I, you know, at that time, you picked yeah. history or geography. Right. And Benj, you know, was, was the last yeah. year teaching, was my sophomore. So I decided to take geography. I took Benj, which was awesome. Roy is hilarious. He's a great. I He's can't. got that dry sense of humor. He has yeah. such a good sense yeah. of humor. Roy's a great teacher. Roy was a great coach too. Him and my dad dual being, you know, together, the well, dynamic duo. You could duo see and, that. Oh yeah. You could see that. It was like they could complete each other's sentences. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I know you get that way, but that you know, even as a coach, I'm sure your dad appreciated that immensely because that's a special thing to have happen. Oh yeah. I'm I mean, even like I said at this level, me coaching with being with guys who are on the same level that you don't have to be over each other's backs. You trust each other, and then right. you just get the job exactly. done. It's Oh, it's great. Yeah, you take yeah. care of that. I'll be over here. I trust you to do what, yeah. what I've asked you to do. Yeah, but I no, I never – I didn't have a desire to have my dad as a teacher. It would have probably been fine. You know? Oh, yeah. It would have been fine. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I saw him enough at home, so <laughs> – 
I always wanted to have my dad. He wouldn't allow it. He made sure yeah. that didn't happen. But um, I think for the same reasons why why he stopped coaching football was because my brother played, and he says he deserves to have one sport without me breathing down his neck. So. Yeah. Um, and I think he felt that way about me in class. But, yeah, mm-hmm. there's still the stories. Now, did Brian have him in class? or You know what? I th- Brian had him as a coach. Brian track. had him in track, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, I think my brother did take history. But he might have copped out like I did. He might have taken <laughs> geography. I'll have to talk to him. <laughs> but um, took it in the summer when somebody yeah. else. <laughs> but I know Brian would say the same thing about Dad, just getting on him like he would any other yeah. guy. Any, and when you'd come home, my dad would never – bring it home he'd never talk to him or i razz us about what we maybe didn't do right in practice or during the meet or a game he just maybe you know here and there like in the truck ride home but nothing and and looking at that right. i don't know how he how he did that how he had the composure not to just he was smart yeah yeah he was smart you know? he was smart and he knew what he, you know there are some guys who can coach their kids and there are other guys who can't mm-hmm. and uh i you know my old man says he was too tough on me, but I'm like, dude, if you hadn't been, all the other guys have been saying, well, you know, the reason he's here is because he's a coach's kid. Well, mm-hmm. I had uh, Dave Fair one time came up to me. He said, I'm so glad you're on the team this year. I said, why? And, you know, I'm, th- I'm sitting here thinking, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a superstar. I got a huge bat. I'm going to. And, and I, said, I said, well, thank you. He says, yeah, your old man's too busy yelling at you to spend any time yelling at me anymore. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, there's that aspect. But, you know, like I said, he was smart. He knew what was going to be good for your relationship. And obviously, to me, hearing you say that, that was the important thing to him was that the two of you still had father-son going on. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, mm-hmm. So yep. I I got to say I'm, I'm happy you guys did this because I, I think – and I, we just got a text that somebody had your dad, uh, played for your dad, and said he was one of a kind and a great person. And I, 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 he's one of those guys that at the time you're like, man, why are you doing? But then yeah. you get done, and it's like you understand everything he was doing. Yeah, you get it. And one story I want to tell before we, you know, we wrap it up, and <laughs> it's a great story, and I'll try to get through it without. <laughs> I know. Um, but I won't name who it was, but it was a classmate not too much older than me. Um, Went to school, went to Ball State, uh, wanted to play baseball there. And from what I gathered, and he sent my, my family a private message. We didn't, I, didn't know any, I didn't know this. And he uh, was trying to make the team in the fall and was working hard. And he, the coach brought him into the office. And uh, he said, hey, just want you to know that I've, got, I've already got a pitching staff. Um, but I got this letter out of the blue from a coach teal from Plymouth. Yeah. And he made sure to tell me how good of a kid you are, how hard of a worker you are, what kind of a person you are. And because of that, I'm going to give you a shot. Mm-hmm. And this teammate of mine went on to play there all four years and was a starter the last two years. Yeah. It was very successful and not that he couldn't have done it himself, but the fact that my dad, and then we got other letters like that out of the blue, people telling us that my dad wrote let I hadn't I didn't know he did that. Right. He didn't go around telling people. Right. And so that was super cool. Yeah, he he was one of those guys who didn't care about recognition in any way. Yeah. Um and it's just like you said, he'd do stuff and he, the thing I appreciated about him as a teacher 
was that if a kid was struggling in his class, he was in our you know, he was with Tony and me saying, Hey, I'm gonna do all I can for him and you know, maybe help me out. He's he's having a problem. And I wanna make sure you know that so we can correct that. It was an idea of, you know, he he needs some a little bit of extra push to get done. I know he can do it, but mm-hmm. You know, let's let's get on the same page with this, and and I appreciate that because not every teacher will do that, but I think in his case he understood, yeah, uh, that he would like somebody to do that for. I mean, we wanted to know if our guys were not, yeah, doing it, and if can we do something to help you? And yep. he was always open about who was and wasn't okay. Yep. Um, but yep. I I never had him as a teacher either. I should have taken. I, with me, it was world history. What was the one other one we had? It was psychology. Yeah. And I ended up taking psychology, so that's why I messed up. I should have taken, <laughs> should have taken world history, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been aware of all the problems I have in, in my head. Um, but you know, but once again, another guy, Alan Shockney, was that. Do yeah. You, do you I really? I mean, I'm, I started thinking about this the other day too. The guys that coached with your dad. Mm-hmm. Think about all the. Shockney, your dad, uh, Roy, my dad, Jack Edison, Bob Reed, Mr. Mary Cox, Beth Hunter, Coach Cox, Gary Cox. Jackson, I mean, yep. you're talking about there will never be mm-hmm. in one place that kind of a group of people. Yeah. Um, from top to bottom, any sport you played. Yeah. Keister. Yeah. Oh, they were a dynamic duo in junior <laughs> high basketball, let me tell you. That those uh, guys together jim was jim's fun oh he's fun that was uh, so much fun but uh you know and 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 but once again the idea is to keep you guys involved and 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 you when you make it fun mm-hmm. you do that yeah and you know i hate to say it but even though you know all that running and stuff it was fun i mean it, it was one of those things you'd you look forward to at the end of the day yeah um but i yeah well uh before both of us start uh <laughs> having a problem continuing mm-hmm. um w- september 2nd is the date uh, mm-hmm. now is there uh let's talk about you for a second what are you what are you up to these days i haven't talked to you in a while that's okay no we uh long time ago we got married in 07 moved yeah. to indy yeah. lived there for a while got into to corporate sales with a couple different companies with Cummins and, you know, Freightliner and then did that scene, moved back in, a, in 2016 because we had some young kids and we wanted to be in a small community and around our families. And, you know, we moved back and built a house and I worked for John Oliver at Oliver yeah, Ford yeah. for a couple of years and, you know, ended up having an opportunity with First Source Bank. Um, you know, Mindy Overmeyer got me over there and had a great time with them. And, you know, the last year I just you know, wanted to, wanted to get out and be outside more and have a little more time with my, you know, with my kids and not be mentally drained. So now I'm, I'm driving a truck for a company here in town called Dorn. And, you know, it's been working out great Monday through Friday on the way to work, drop the kids off at school. Um, I'm usually home by five and ready to go. And it's just, you know, my wife has always worked for Panera Bread for 17 years. She works from home. So everything's just really worked out. And, Moving back when we did, not realizing what was going to go on with my dad, um, yeah, with the grandkids being able to be around him for, you know, right. those four years was, it just God has a 
interesting way sometimes of working things out. I yeah. don't know if you remember this, but when you were you were going to uh, it was uh, Vincent's mm-hmm. first, right? Correct. Do you remember you and I having a discussion about how you know it's great? I think you're moving into a great situation, you know, and I was really happy for you because it was a great. Mm-hmm. But then I knew how close you were with your brother and your dad and your. I mean, you have a very close yeah. family, and I, yeah. I I remember telling you. Mm-hmm. You realize you're going to be 300. You're not going to be able to just walk into dad's room and say, hey, this is going on. Uh, It's going to be a little more difficult. And I knew for you that was going to be the hardest problem. I do remember the conversation. I also remember (laughs) you maybe mentioning something about the coach, (laughs) Well, which was nice of you. And I should have realized, let's just say it was a good thought (laughs) going there in the fall. fall. I learned, tell you, and I transferred, you know, but it was a good experience sure it was a learning experience not only for baseball but a life yeah um lesson yeah about i i had a pretty good thing there growing up in, a, in plymouth with everybody that was around me and my coaches and my teammates i had a pretty good thing going and this is the other side of it that's fine yeah let's let's transition let's find something else else out and you know that and that's kind of what my college experience was i, I you know it was tough I moved a couple times and never felt like I had a home, but right. I always, like you said, I, I made sure I was cl- closer to Plymouth, yeah. which helped a lot. Yeah, and I, always had the support from my, my mom and my dad. And that's why I hear that in you by saying, you know, I, I want to step back and spend more time with my kids. And, you know, I, the the way you were brought up was family first. Obvious. It was just clear. You guys were just... Yeah, really close as a family, and I get the feeling that's what you want with with your family. Now. Yeah, oh yeah, and our families are here. Um, we have a lot of friends here, and our kids are. We have a lot of friends with kids the same age. They're all going to grow up together, and that's you know that's what we wanted. Right. And it's been it's been it was a great move to come back. Um, Plymouth's a great town, so it's well, been good. We're glad to have you back. Yeah, mm-hmm. glad to have you back. I'm yep. glad to have you back. Yep, and don't don't think I'm not ever going to try to get you out as a pitching coach helping me here in the next <laughs> couple of years. I know you retired years ago, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna bust you out, Eric. A lot of people in this community have made it very clear to me the game has passed me by. Not me. So. I know better than that. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just a guy that watches now. So uh, we'll see about that. Yeah. We'll- <laughs> okay now critiques on i'm, side, I'm gonna say fingers on top that <laughs> i still have nightmares i have nightmares yeah i remember we were hosting fingers that, on top we were hosting that tournament uh and you guys were in the final game and i was late getting there for some reason i was at another one of the other sites where he had games going on to coordinate yeah. and i come back and it's the night game it's a championship game you didn't know i was there and you were pitching them. I, you, know, you threw something. It was a little bit high. Fingers on top. And you looked into the dugout with this huge grin on your face. Like, yeah. oh, my God. I didn't know you walked well, in. I'm pretty sure you were, like, outside, shut your door, and yelled it. I don't even think you were in the stadium. And I was like, what in the? Yeah. But I had a tendency to say that, didn't I? You know, uh, you want to know something? I say it now. I say it because it, be, people don't know what we're talking about. When you throw a baseball, though, I mean, you get it. Your fingers have to be on, on top, top of, of it the when ball. you release it. Yes. Yeah. They have it's to be. It's a little little bitty thing, but yeah. I'm telling you what. It's like a free throw. Like, finish, follow through. Yeah. It's the same thing. And see, you, but the thing is, is nowadays, this is why the game has passed me by. Now it's release point. 
You need to adjust your release point. Yeah. yeah. Well, what does that mean? Fingers on top. It's um, a short answer. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's yeah. like the other thing, and my old man taught me this, was low and high. If you're, everything is, is low, lengthen your stride six inches. You know, yeah. quick fix. You're not going to... Nobody teaches that anymore. No, no, they don't. They don't teach a lot of things. But once... No, they probably do. It has some kind of different name, like uh, walk to strike out in yeah. the third inning ratio yeah. or something like that. But, but the other thing is when you coached, you coached the younger kids. Yeah, 13. 13, 14, 15, that I know now is the most yeah. important stage of development yeah. because that is the hardest to coach because yeah. you're teaching a kid fundament, the fundamentals of how to pitch. To do something when, he's never done before. Now, these guys that get paid all the money in college and pro ball, they don't do anything. <laughs> they don't coach. They literally stand. When you go to a professional baseball game, South Bend or Chicago, wherever, I want you to watch the guy that stands behind the pitcher who's warming up. He will do nothing. He will say one or two little things because these guys, they already know how to pitch. Sure they do. At that point, it's mental not to say those coaches aren't great. They're all great coaches. But they don't have to teach the hard, no. fundamental right. things. Those guys all know how to do it. It's If he misses three inches high, he's like, hey, why don't you, 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 didn't, you, didn't, you didn't follow through. Yeah. That's it. That's all they say. Yeah. So I respect guys like you, guys that are coaching these 10, 12 travel league kids because that is the hardest time to coach to teach these kids the right way well the level you're at is the hardest time because they don't know how to throw a ball yeah and i it, mean literally anytime yeah. they pick it up they have no idea seven how to throw. eight nine and ten and you know some people might come to the games and be like well you're all you're doing is telling them to swing quick and but at this point <laughs> at this age i want everybody to first i want the parents to calm down take a breath because we are trying no. to we're trying to teach them how to run through a base yeah how to Keep the glove down and have fun. Yeah. They have to have fun. Oh, yeah. Even Travel League, 8U, 10U, 12. You need to be. They have fun. to have fun. You have to be very cognizant how you coach these kids. Lift them up because then if they like it, when they get 13, 14, then, then you're really getting into right. the nuts and bolts. Yeah. Okay, well, this is this situational stuff. Yeah. But at this age, I try to tell the parents, like first, first and foremost, if I'm coaching, these kids are going to have fun. They're going to remember because they're going to have fun. They're right. going to treat their other teammates with respect, and we're going to have fun. That's all, you know. They won't stay with it if they don't have fun. Exactly. And it's like I heard a coach talk one time. He said, if you want to build a, a, a baseball in your community, give a kid a bat and let him hit because everybody loves to hit. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves to hit. You know, because I don't, I don't go with the, the pitching when they're eight years old. Use a machine, put it on a tee, let them hit, because then they want to play the game. It says nobody came to the game with a glove hoping to field a ground ball. Um, they came with a bat because they want to swing it and, and get them to love the game first and then. Mm -hmm. But I, I guess the thing is, you know, when you're looking at those seven, eight-year-old kids that you've got, um, I remember Bob Caban and I had, had this talk a bunch of times. You know, kids come up and fingers on top. Even from third base or the outfield, your fingers still – and they don't do – watch your kid the next time he's throwing a ball all over the ballpark. It's easy to figure out why. Yep. And if they're not taught that, mm -hmm. they never learn it. Yeah. So, and Bob, I love Bob. Bob is still helping oh, a lot. Bob is amazing. I, Bob – You talk about Bob's a guy awesome. who knows hitting. Whoo, boy. Mm -hmm. He – he, oh, yeah. he's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but once again, 
Think about all the coaches you had coming up like that. I mean, I had Ed Hess. You had uh, Bob. Who did you? You played for Mike? Heidi? Mike. And I had Hess. You had Ed. Yep. He was still there putting oh, the balls man. through the machine. Yeah. And let me tell you, if you weren't paying attention, <laughs> the ball was coming. Because he just, he foomp, foomp. I mean, he didn't care. He's putting the ball in. I had Ed and, and Jolly. Yeah. Coach Jolly. But see, mm-hmm. you know, once again, going through all that with guys that, you know, basically – all those guys were just they just love the game and that's what i yeah. hope we taught you guys was just to love the game you taught me how to coach kids the right way i don't ever remember getting yelled at cussed at no. until i got until i got to college that first semester yeah <laughs> and it wasn't the it, it wasn't it was horrible yeah. you know and so i know now because of how i was raised with my dad you your dad benj all the uh, at us, all these other coaches, tough love, but there was a line, and there was respect. Yeah, and when you and they were tough love, but when you did it the right way, who's the first one right. to tell you great job? Exactly. It was you. It was my dad. It was Michael Delp. Your, your it dad was, was really good at that. Yeah, we'd go through drills, and he'd be screaming and yelling at us as a team, yeah. not individually. And then when we got it, I mean, you could tell how he was delighted. He yeah. was just he was happier than we were yeah. when you finally got it. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't. Well, mm-hmm. once again, let me. <laughs> I started to do this and then we okay. get on a tangent. Uh, make sure I got all this right. September second, uh, check in is at ten thirty. The shotgun start at one. Correct. Um, and you can register online at Coach Teal Memorial Golf Outing dot com. Mm-hmm. You even have a Gmail at Coach Teal Legacy at Gmail. Correct. Um, five seven four three eight three nine one zero six is the phone number. I got to ask a question. If somebody mm-hmm. doesn't want to pl- or can't play or whatever, I'm sure that you can take those donations and put them into the scholar Correct. if they just want to donate. Correct, and we have that a lot, and that's that's fantastic when people do that. If you if you just go to Google search because everybody does that, and you put in Coach Teal Memorial Golf Outing, Coach Teal Golf Outing, it will bring the link up. You click on that link. And it's very interactive. You'll see where it says sponsorship, or if you just want to give, or if you just want to donate. You click on the button, and you can do all of that. You can pay online. Um, You can call that number. You can email. That'll go to my brother. Um, You can write a check. There's a bunch of different ways. But go into that website. That's how you sign up for the tournament, Um, and that's also how you you can donate. Um, it's really easy and interactive. And you can donate probably all year long. You can. Anytime you want to. Yep, yep, you Um, can do that. Um, it's just, it's, it's been pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. we didn't know that how this was going to go and we want the scholarship to last for a long time. Um, eventually if, if we can, you know, we want to be able to help the track team boys and girls with, with, um, certain, you know, if sure. they need, if they yeah. need a jump pit, if they need, oh, we want this yeah. to be able to, to do things like that, Yeah, you know, and that that's in the future plan. So. Yeah. Um, now, if they want to get uh, – how many teams do you have? You know how many teams you have so far? I mean, it's still a ways to – obviously, yeah, a long think, way to go. I think we have around 14 or 15. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're we're about a third of the way full, but there's still plenty of time. Sure. Um, we want to fill it up, you know. Plenty of time, but yeah. don't wait. Don't I mean, wait. Yeah, obviously, with 30 teams as a limit, you're already yeah. at four, you're already halfway there. Yeah. So, and I think if if we're full and there's one or two teams that want to get in there, we'll find a way. Yeah. We'll find a way. Yeah. Um, and that's what we want, and we just want to have a fun time. Want to see what we come and tell me stories. I don't know about my dad. I know they're out there. 
and you know that's what we got well, you last told year. Me a couple the night of of uh, when we walked him around the track, you told yeah. me a couple that you'd never heard before. Yeah. Um, so there's. Folks, there are stories out there about Rust Hill that Eric wants to hear. So, <laughs> some of them are pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if they want to have enter a team, same same uh, info to get a hold of you guys. Yep, correct? yep. Enter a team. The easiest thing is to you know coach to memorialgolfouting.com or just Google search it. Get on there. Uh, there will be a link right there that talks about the outing. You can click. You can put your team name in there, and boom, and my brother will get that information. We have a spreadsheet that shows all the teams and sponsors and. Uh, we work with a company called uh, Golf Caddy, I think, or mm-hmm. it's been really easy. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know. Now, if they want to sponsor, is this the same thing, or do Correct. they need to do a different thing? Correct. Okay, yep. Go to thing. the yep. Go to the website, Coach Teal Memorial Golf and it's got the sponsorship levels on there. Um, you'll see those. It'll explain what each one gives you, um, and what it does, and then you can choose whichever one you'd like. And um, yeah. Yep. Man, thanks for giving us some time today. Yeah, appreciate I, it. Well, I appreciate you having me come in and talk to you and you know i love you so and you're gonna I, you're, we're gonna you're gonna get back out there you're coming making a comeback publicly i'm gonna say something that you, you know you gave me a part of a moment i will never forget either not just your dad but but you um when you made the north all-star team and you asked if i could come out and be one of the coaches that they introduced with you mm-hmm. uh that meant a lot to me because they that doesn't happen yeah i mean i don't know if you know the 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 ripples of things you set off by asking that because it was like, well, we've never done that before. We can't do that. I mean, just, they they um, said that to me, and I'm like, <laughs> then I'm not coming. I because you you're the reason. And the funny thing is, is I didn't even make the. T- I, I was an outfielder in the right? star game, and well, I thought that'd be your best shot to get on. And, and then, uh, but you know, because they had they, what they have like three pro guys that got dra- I mean, it, we had the like four or five. Adam Lind. Adam Lind. Oh yeah, I had to run the sixty against him <laughs> before the at the All Star game. They do these things beforehand, so scouts yeah. can watch you. I had it, so he's six four, yeah. you know, Anderson Highland, and I'm yeah. like, this is Mr. Baseball. He runs, he runs six eight, and I wasn't slow. I ran yeah, seven no, one and thought I was fast, and he ran right by me. And then I'm watching him with a wood bat hit four hundred fifty yeah. foot home runs, and I'm like, yeah. I got a little bit, I got a ways to go if I think that I'm gonna. But I tell you <laughs> what, you made me proud of you. Mm-hmm. Beyond anything, I mean, honestly, thank you for that opportunity, well, and thank you yeah. to Tony too, because yeah. Tony Plotho was the least egotistical coach I've ever been around. He he was like, you yeah. know, whatever. He trusted me. He didn't have to. No, he completely trusted me to do my thing and never interfered with it. So, you know, and in this case, it was it, it, he was. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly he was what with that. you would call a player's coach. Oh yeah, he. Well, us, he never he'd get on you. He but. would, but he let us do our thing. I mean, yeah. he let us play. He let you he trusted be. us. Yeah. He hardly ever had to. My junior senior year, he hardly ever had to. You know tell us well, anything because we were already set up doing it and yeah. he just knew how to put the pieces in the right place but with you the same way but no i going into that all-star game i obviously i mean you were the guy that well the, I, one of the reasons i was even there so that, obviously you had to be there with me that meant a lot a lot to me but it meant more to me later in the day when i watched you play in that game and you're in right field and there's a foul ball hit over near the oh, wall. Oh, you remember that? Oh, I, I remember that this day because I've never been more proud of a player I've had in my life. He ran straight into the fence trying to make a catch. And I had it. <laughs> I had the ball. I mean, you blasted that thing. And, and dead yeah. run. Didn't slow down. No. It's right over next to the wall. 
And I remember thinking to myself, you know, a normal kid, it's an all-star game. There's nothing on the line. Yeah. You were guys were ahead. Mm-hmm. I mean, really ahead. There wasn't a whole lot of doubt you were going to win the game. Yeah. It was late in the game. And you're still head first into the wall trying to make a play that any normal person would be looking at saying, well, that didn't mean anything. Why did he do that? But it meant something to you. And that yeah. said to me that what Tony and I were mm-hmm. teaching you guys got through. It doesn't matter the score or the time. Mm-hmm. You give everything you got on every play. And that that I was really proud of you for that. Thank um, you. I, um, I didn't think ever, anybody remembered that. Oh, I but do. what I can tell you is that I just, the way you guys coached, I knew what was on the front of my shirt. Yeah. I knew people were watching, and at the time, I, I thought maybe there were scouts there, yeah. but well, I wanted to represent Plymouth High School, and I'm, I'm playing, I played hard, I think I tried, I never stole a, stole bases during the regular season, they had me steal like twice, it was just terrible, but I'm driving in head first a second, yeah. because I'm like, people, they, I want to know that they know Plymouth baseball, right. we play hard. There's only one you know? way to play, Yeah, as hard as you can yeah. on every pitch, and yep. I, I was really proud of that. And, Thank you. And all you guys on that team were like that. I mean, every single one of you was like, you know, yeah. if I got to go through a wall to make a catch to help us, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing that. And uh, the g- you know, never like, had camaraderie like that. Charlie, yeah. you know, Craig, yeah. he's an eye doctor right there in Granger. I live across the st- best friend Zach. I live across yeah. the street from Zach. Our yeah. kids play with each other. You know, Ryan Clint. <laughs> I just saw, I just saw him. You know, at a kids game at the C League. I talked to him. Um, I see Dan Drubert. I see Derek Birchmar. I see all of these guys that I grew up with playing and the memories you have and the camaraderie, you know, it's because of the way you guys coached us, the way we yeah. treated each other. So now we have these friendships for life and these memories and it's just awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I couldn't have had a better bunch than you guys. It was just, uh, we're not even talking about 13, 15 traveling where we won no. the national championship. Either. We, we, we don't did. have time. No, we don't have we don't time, time going to that. that. Uh, we don't have time going into your pro career either, but people yeah. should know you were the fireman of the year, two years in a row. And, uh, Closer uh, of the year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm just glad I could play at that level and be successful. Um, and it was fun. You know, it was just going to those stadiums and the kids think you're a big leaguer and you're yeah. not. But making, you know, $800 a month, <laughs> um, barely scratching. <laughs> but I learned, I know now how that, how that works, right. how the system works. And I left successful because I wanted to get married, so I retired when I was 25. But, you know just great memories and now i'm having i've been playing in indianapolis with my friends i made 12 years ago i still play once a month i drive down there and play because i love baseball right because of the camaraderie all those guys we have kids we all everybody gets along yeah you know and and three or four of them played pro ball zach wheeler his brother's on our team (laughs) which is really cool so but i wouldn't still go drive down there in two hours if i didn't enjoy these guys and the camaraderie and that feeling you get when you win together, it's right. just, you know, yeah. I remember talking to Josh Dietz a couple of years ago for a story. Uh, he said you two feisty because he played at St. Louis when mm-hmm. you were playing in, in Cincinnati. In, in Chillicothe, Chillicothe yeah. yeah. He was with the Gateway Grizzlies for a couple yeah. months that 07, and his mom and dad yeah. came to Chillicothe, and so did my parents. We have pictures. And he wasn't playing. He okay? told me he begged the coach he to get begged. in. I heard him because I was the closer, so I didn't always throw. Yeah. It was a close game. I came in, yeah. and the second I was warming up, I heard him, like, not yelling, but talking very loudly. And I remember looking over there and him, him talking, and in my head, I'm like, oh, God, he's going to bat. He's going to come up. And he came up, and I threw him three change-ups. <laughs> 
it's I did. I got him. I got the better of him, but but yeah, um, he, I was not throwing him a fastball. He wouldn't tell me what the result of the at bat yeah. was, but uh, yeah, I, you know, as this goes on, you know, it's going to be he hit a granny off you or oh, yeah. something like that as, yeah. as you guys grow older. But he caught, yeah. he's here. He came last year to Dad's outing. Oh, good. And I yeah. teamed him up with my buddies from Indy. They yeah. had a blast too. He's coming back, so if you you got to come out, Josh will be there. Ought. I probably yeah. ought to be a good chance to see all you guys again. It'd be oh, fun. yeah. Yep. Well, man, once again, thanks for coming in. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we'll get you back in here a little closer to remind people what's going on. And uh, yeah. we'll go from there. I appreciate it, Rusty. All Thank right. you. Uh, I got something to give away here in this break. I got tickets. You ever been to the – you've lived in Indy. You ever been to the State Fair? Oh, yeah. No, no. it's awesome. I got four tickets, four admissions. Um, I don't think – yeah. Okay, I got four passes – if you want anything from us in the last 30 days, please give somebody else a chance. But call her number 6, 574-936-4096, Call her 6, getting four passes to the Indiana State Fair. So start dialing. Things are a bit tight lately. That's why I love Kohl's. I went back to school shopping and got kids clothes for under $6. Sneakers for less than 20 bucks and an extra 20% off already great deals, like 25% off backpacks. And get this, you can save more with a Kohl's card and earn Kohl's cash. Talk about more style and more savings. Select styles, 20% off since July 24th. Some exclusions apply. See store Kohl's account for details. The Tyner Odd Fellows will be hosting a tractor show with corn and sausage roast on Friday and Saturday, July 29th and 30th at the Tyner Community Building in Tyner. There'll be something for everyone. Hourly raffles featuring gun raffles, a kitty tractor pull, kitty barrel rides, door prizes, a DJ from 2 to 8 Friday and 9 to 4 on Saturday. Be sure to attend the Tyner Odd Fellows tractor show and corn and sausage roast. Free admission show, but donations are welcome. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. Apex Waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Or visit us online at apexwaste.net.
I didn't get a winner. I was too busy talking to Eric. <laughs> Maybe Jim was too busy talking out there, too, or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's always good to tell old stories. Oh, yeah, isn't it? Definitely. Uh, Got to say, you know, I Russ was a heck of an influence on a lot of people, and I was one of them. Um, was one of the better experiences I had in sports playing for him in basketball. So uh, always glad to help out, and especially now, you know, he's not with us anymore, but he's still helping kids, and I think that's, that's his a, legacy. Yeah, that's yep. what he left behind. So um, glad to help that out too. So um, uh, just a couple of things before we get out of here. I do want to let folks know that the sidewalk sale last week in downtown Plymouth was very successful for the Marshall County Museum. But they do still have a few items left. So today, actually, this Ooh. week, they have continued their sidewalk sale inside. So you can stop by the museum today, tomorrow. They're actually going to be open on Saturday during the tractor show. Um, and you can see the items that they still have for sale. There's glassware. There's collectibles. Um, there's puzzles. There's furniture. They've got vintage things. They've got antiques, maps. I mean, there's a variety of things. I did see they still had that guitar with a case there. So, really? um, you know, if you know that the money that you spend at the museum is staying at the museum right. to help them with their daily expenses. So yeah. stop down there. That You know... Somebody else's trash is somebody else's bargain or something like that. I mean, am I right? They had some. I thought they had some plot maps out there, some yes. maps of the community yes, and stuff I believe like that. So. Some yes. stuff that you know that historically speaking, it'd be cool to have. Like if you lived in Tyner, they yeah. might have an old. You know, yeah. it'd be kind of neat to have on your living room wall. This is Tyner back in eighteen ninety-two right. you know, or something. I don't yeah. know. But, yeah. Nice for an office decoration. Oh and yeah, stuff definitely. Like that, so. Also want to let folks know the Marsh County Museum, they are doing a kayak raffle right now. Actually, it's two kayaks. They're Isn't that the Republican Party? Yeah, what I say? Museum. Oh. It's a hangover from the Ugh. from the museum. Yes. Yeah. The Marsh County Republican Party is having a ra- a kayak raffle right now. They they have two, you get both of them, two Old Town Vapor 10 kayaks. With the paddles and the life jackets, tickets are $10 a piece, and you can get your tickets from Sharon Dota, Deb Vandermark, or Brian Howard. You can also email the Marsh County GOP at mcgop at comcast.net. Tickets are $10 each, and they are going to draw tickets after their golf outing August the 18th. Um, Brian is actually going to be at Republican headquarters this Saturday from 8 to 11, selling tickets and registering teams for their golf outing. Um, And, you know, the farmer's market is going on down there where Republican headquarters are. And then the tractor show, they'll be setting up for that uptown. So he's right in between those two things. So you can do that. Uh, The Republican GOP golf outing is going to be Thursday, August the 18th at Pretty Lake. It's got a noon start with um, basically registrations at 11.20, uh, lunch starts at 11.45, and it's a shotgun 
which I don't know what this means, shotgun for the modified scramble at one. I don't know what a modified I'm, scramble is because I'm not really a golfer. Obviously, I'm not either. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the tickets are $75 per individual or $300 for a team. And a whole sponsorship is available for $150. And you can get a hold of Brian Howard if you want more information on that or Deb Vandermark. And her information is on the website. Also want to let folks know, uh, you know, for lots of years, uh, Plymouth FOP Lodge 195 um, has, you know, collected school supplies and distributed school supplies to the counselors in the various schools uh, in, in our Marshall County area. Um, this year, they got a request from the Marshall County Health Department to see if they would have some extra backpacks um, they wanted to hand out. Um, the health department is working on getting their back-to-school immunizations underway. And as a way, kids that are coming in to get those immunizations uh, got to leave with a backpack. And so there's a couple of pictures on the website of the donations of the backpacks. And then uh, a few days later, the kids, have, you know, a whole bunch right. of kids with backpacks. So just another great opportunity uh, in our community for folks to help out and you know see the 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 results of their contributions yeah uh, on the reverse side of things yeah uh, yesterday i did get a press release from state representative jack jordan uh, out of bremen he has been appointed to serve on the summer intern uh, uh committee on education so um that is that i that's got to be kind of a hot topic because obviously always is uh yes education you know the it's, it's at the root much, of everything we are as yes. a society honestly <laughs> this summer the committee is going to continue its multi-year study to eliminate reduce and streamline the number of education mandates placed on schools and streamline the fiscal and compliance reporting to the general assembly on sustainable and systematic base on a sustainable and systematic basis. So, uh, you know, the, and I, I think that let's not worry so much about all this reporting. Let's worry about getting kids educated yeah. and getting them out of school so yeah. that they can go into the workforce or go on to college and, and be great citizens on the other end. So well, I think um, we're seeing the results of, what happens when you have poor education all over the place these days so yeah i everything we are as a society is based on what we teach our kids so yeah you're all right yeah definitely um other than that oh oh i did promise that we would give away a pair of tickets oh to okay. the sound of music so we're gonna do that right now i've okay. got a pair of tickets to the sound of music they are going to be performing. Friday night is opening night for them. It's only $10 for adults to get in on Friday night. Show is at 7.30. They're off on Saturday. Then on Sunday this week, they will be on at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And then next weekend, Friday and Saturday night, 7.30. That's July 29th and 30th. And July 31st on Sunday, it'll be at 4 o'clock. I've got two tickets. It's for any performance you want. Um, down at Culver High School Auditorium. So okay. roll the dice. Oh, okay. Or Let's roll. Roll them, roll them, roll them. Yeah. Isn't it scary that we both went yes. to the same song? Yes. Scarier for you than me. 
Uh, caller number six, five seven four nine three six four zero nine six five seven four nine three six four zero nine six. Caller six, going to enjoy. The hills are alive with the sound of music. See, I can play that part. Could definitely do that. Anyway, all right. Um, Anything else? Doe, a deer, deer a female deer. Ray, a drop of golden sun. You gotta be, you gotta have the kids' voice. Me a name, I call myself for a long way to run. <laughs> so I need a bowling thread. See, there you go. You can be one of the kids. La, no to follow so. Tea, a drink with German bread that will bring dun, dun, us dun, back And then it yeah. starts again. Yes. It's one way of learning English. Gosh, I think I need to put that movie in and watch it again. Yeah, you probably do, given yes, your, your definitely. love of it. So. Yes, and we're, we're just waiting for caller number six. The phone lines are going crazy, but uh, we're just waiting for caller number six. Oh, yeah, I hear the door opening. Oh, we have a winner. We have a winner. Probably give away some more. Uh, well, <laughs> I've got two more sets, so we'll do those next week for next weekend's performance. Jim V. Jim, Jim V. Ooh. Okay. Congratulations. Yep. Good deal. Um, and I, I do want to let you know, uh, while you were talking with Eric, Laura Mann from the mayor's office stopped okay. in with the lineup for the Mayor's Month of Music. We've got a flyer here at the radio station you can stop and pick up. It lists all the bands and the dates. Don't forget the Mayor's Month of Music starts August 5th. It is presented by U.S. Granules. The bishops are going to be here, and that's the all-alumni. Yeah. Um, all-school all reunion going on that night. Uh, show performances are at 7 o'clock each Friday night, August 5th. August 12th, it's the 1985 band. August 19th, the Cornfield Mafia will be here. August 26th, oh, w, I forget. She said it, it stands for something, W-Y-S-I-W-G-Y-G. But I can't, I, I can't no, remember I, what it was. Wissig? <laughs> And then on September the 2nd, it will be Kennedy's Kitchen. So Ooh, uh, you big. can stop in and pick up a flyer so you'll have all of those, you know, on the refrigerator. You'll know every, every Friday night what you're doing on Friday night. Sounds good. Okay. Now we can, you can do your thing. Although I know what I'll be doing on Friday night. It'll be football. Oh, yes, it will be. So. so you can take the radio to the concert, put your little earphone you in. You can hear the ball game. And still enjoy the music. One ear's ball game, the other ear's music. That's exactly right. You bet. Okay. We ready to go? We are. Uh, oh, I almost made a huge oh, mistake. Please don't do I that. But I didn't. So, good for me. It's time for birthdays. If you hear your name, you're going to be eligible for four cupcakes from La Dessert Cafe. Also, a free small drink from the Coffee Lodge. And a bouquet of flowers from Cash and Creek. Herschel Hunter. Herschel, happy birthday! Wonderful. Who's, who is that? I, 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 I would say I've something. Ne- I've never heard that. I, I almost just said a four-letter word to tell you the truth. But. Never heard that name in my life. I have no <laughs> idea who that is. Anyway, uh, those prizes on the line tomorrow, actually, from uh, La Desert Cafe, Coffee Lodge, and Cash and Creek. So make sure you get your birthday in here in the next 24 hours to be eligible. Now it's time for anniversaries. Got some of those coming up. And at the end of the month, we give away 50 bucks from Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home just because you told us it was your anniversary. So don't miss out on that drawing. 
Make sure you get those uh, anniversaries into us. Time for the trading post. We may need to uh, just... We'll be playing the news at one by the time I get done with these, but we'll, yes, we'll go through that's them. That's exactly what I had last uh, week. Garage sale at 703 Angel Street. That's 703 Angel Street garage sale tomorrow and Saturday. Uh, also, the Walkerton Townwide garage sale is today. Starts today, goes tomorrow and Saturday at 1102 Walkerton Trail. That's 1102 Walkerton Trail. Three-day Walkerton Townwide garage sales. Uh, also, the purebred Siberian Husky, fifty bucks is what they want. Uh, if you're interested in that, Pam is the one to call at five seven four two six five four nine four three. It's five seven four two six five four nine four three. Donation only garage sale for Operation Christmas. The gift shoe boxes they give away. Every dime goes to that, and uh, that is uh, tomorrow and Saturday. At 17796 Lincoln Highway in Plymouth. That's 17796 Lincoln Highway. We have a Kenmore window air conditioner that is uh, 7800 BTU. They want $95 for that. A Fetters window air conditioner, 12,000 BTU, 50 bucks for that. 10 Pier Floats, 4x4. They want $30 each. Interested in any of those items, 219-670-5767. That is the trading post for today. Fantastic. All right. That is our show for today, I believe. Tyner Oddfellows in tomorrow? Yes, sir. Tyner Oddfellows tomorrow at 9. So, uh, you done? Uh, We're out of here. I'm done. So, uh, have yourselves a great day. And... We'll be back tomorrow at 9. Soak up a little sun in the meantime, maybe. How's that? to FM 106.1 and AM 1050 WTCA Plymouth